There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the party. This is January 24th. It is a Wednesday, episode number 541 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Marcus Kyler, Vice Chancellor of the Yeet Crew, Senfless, Emo Glocken, Frank coming from the mobile, UT Dallas InfoSec coming from the office, folks like Santosh Girl over on... Um, LinkedIn and so many people like Matt McDaniel and Omni Investments coming in on YouTube. Johnny Five from Australia going to represent later today at Wild West, um, Worldwide Wednesday. Logan Fuller on LinkedIn. Guys, no matter where you are, where you're at, LinkedIn, YouTube, first time, long time, breaking in, long, like 20-year veteran in the industry. Whatever you are, you're here right now, and we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you and how you can use that information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders. And if you're looking to break in the industry, guess what, my friend? You're in the right place because, first of all, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This is the answer. Second of all, networking is hugely valuable. Jump two bubbles over to the streaming torrent of chat just flowing past us in an awesome wave that is networking 101 amazing people in there divine dream divine fabio philip martin jesse johnson kimberly carrie so many wonderful folks listen on top of all of that folks looking to break in even if you're a long timer the concepts the terminology the threat actors guys a lot of the patterns stay the same but the techniques change the actors change so we got to stay ever vigilant it's part of the job, to be honest with you. It is Wednesday, so we got Worldwide Wednesday coming up in just a hot minute, so settle in for that. It's going to be a good time. But before we get into that, before we melt the face of cyber news, I want to say shout out and love to <laughs> Barricade Cyber Solutions and the other sponsors. Barricade Cyber Solutions <clears throat> is dedicated to helping businesses recover from cyber attacks and from the damage done by those cyber attacks. Listen, guys, if you didn't know, Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners in an absolute downward death spiral, aka massive turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, you know what they know? You know what Eric Taylor knows? You know what Casually Joseph knows? They know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Catch me outside. How about that? That's right. They take those cyber incidents outside and deal with them appropriately. Check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below now if you want to move left to boom and get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals look no further than my friend brandon pool and his team over at panopsi 
Guys, Panopsi Security is a phenomenal company with great thought leadership. They can obviously do all the tactical things, but think of them mostly as like really, really skilled A-team professional services who can come in, execute tactical things like tabletop exercises, risk assessments, or long-term things like look at your program and give you a long-term, you know, kind of three-year roadmap VC so stuff. And then they go away and they come back in three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it is that you need to check in for to make sure that you're still executing on track and all at a fraction of the price that it would cost to hire a full-time CISO. Believe that. Now, I also want to say much love to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about them at the mid-roll. It is the Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. So if you did not know, welcome to the party, pal. We, uh, excuse me, I do not research or prep for any of the stories. Now, I do bring the tabs up beforehand, and I want you to know that I stopped and paused on the first story because I lost my freaking mind, but we'll get to that in a minute. What I will tell you is I don't prep or research for any of these stories. I go live about five minutes before, um, or I mean, I come into the studio five minutes before I go live. So, you know, I don't know what we're about to get. It's like a box of chocolates for us, Gump. You feel me? All right, guys, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like episode 541 that we're sitting in right now, is worth half a CPE, which means if you have professional certifications that require maintenance, what you need to do is take say hello in chat, say hashtag Team SC, right? Easy enough. You're a member of the, of the team here, right? Arturo MM knows what Team SC is all about. We are uh, one community. Just say hashtag Team SC. The reason chat is on stream is so you can grab a screenshot, file it away in a folder on your desktop. Don't think twice about it. And at the end of the year, just count the number of files, multiply it by 0.5 and submit those CPEs. And you've got all the evidence in case an auditor comes in. All right, guys. Woo. All right. Hold on. Let me get a slug of coffee. If you're live, I love it. Thank you so much. Um, hashtag Team SC in chat. Before we do Worldwide Wednesday, if you are here for the first time, if you're here for the first time, go ahead and put hashtag first timer in chat, hashtag first timer in chat, simply because we love welcoming with open arms our first timers. Don't be shy. Plenty of room. We make the circle as wide as it needs to be. And we have a special sound effect and a special emote for you. And we want you to be super welcome and super happy to be here. Thank you, Dane Riley. So happy to have you here. Zach Morrison, so happy. Frank on the mobile, so good to have you. Let me take a slug of this coffee. You hear the music coming, guys. It's coming. Here we go. All right, guys, check it, check it, check it. We're about to drop into the half pipe here on Worldwide Wednesday. Worldwide Wednesday. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT tuned, turn to for binge worthy content. If you want, their platform is excellent. Use my code SimplyCyber30 and get 30% off your first month or first year automatically. Bing, boom, bam. Simple as that. Thank you very much for sponsoring um, Worldwide Wednesday ACI Learning. I'm going to drop a link in chat, take you right to the homepage. Now, here we go, guys. This is simple. 
All I'm going to say is where you at, you tell me where you're at, and I am absolutely going to mark the crap out of this map. I see Colombia is already online, so I'm going to mark South America since that's always the long pull in the tent. All right, guys, let's set the timer to two minutes. Two minutes, 22 seconds. Let's go. Where you at? Colorado's in the house. U.S. online. What's up? Love it. Cape Coral, Florida. I see you. Bring the heat, everybody. Zedfulis is in Poland. Release the hounds. Bring it. Canada's online. What's up, Niagara Falls? Yo, Michael Vito's in the Philippines. Bringing it on. What's up? Yeah, leaving the cube, Bobon. Love it, love it, love it. Ghana's in the house. Yes, sir. Where's my Ghana? Ghana, 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 Ghana. Boom. Zimbabwe, we've got double, double dipping on the, um, double dipping on Africa. Annapolis, Maryland, North Carolina. I love it. What's up, Orlando? What's up, Florida? What's up, Chile? We got double dips on South America. Holy crap. That's a first. Central Illinois, US, North Carolina, South Carolina. Phoenix is in here. Bangladesh, bringing it on. What's up, Bangladesh? Love it, love it, love it. India, come on now. Here we are. Where's our Where's our Australia people? The turkey's in the house. Big old turkey. Nigeria coming online. Love it, love it, love it. Boom. Spain, yes. What's up, Europe? Come on now. Chile, New York, New Jersey, Nigeria, Liberia, yes sir, Sierra Leone, not today, Liberia, yes sir, Tampa, Ethiopia, coming in hot from Texas, good morning, love it, love it, love it, I see Thailand's in the house, Johnny Five representing, come on, where's our Australia, folks? Peru, South America woke up this morning and came correct. Jesus, Texarkana, what's up, Matt McDaniel? The UK is online, bringing on the big islands. DC, yes, yes. What's up, nation's capital? Yes, Chris Young with the glow sticks, I love it. Belgium's in the house, love the beer. Love the beer. Come on, where's Belgium? Belgium, Belgium, Belgium. Belarus, no, Belgium, Belgium, Belgium. All right, all right. Let's pause the music. All right, Australia. Come on. Come on now. Check it out. Um, Belgium, I can't find you in here. I know you're like near Germany, Switzerland, France. Where are I know you're in here. I know you're in here. Denmark, Belgium, Belgium. Ah. All right. I, I know you're in here. I know you're in here. It's like hide and seek with my kids. Like I know you're here. There is. All right, so check it out, guys. We did not go around the world. Wah, wah, wah. We definitely have Australian representation in the Simply Cyber community, South Africa. But for a moment, I would love to call everyone's attention to South America. South America, love it. Thank you, Colombia, Peru, Chile. You guys are absolutely crushing it. Uh, Australia went to bed early. Exactly. Um, anyways, uh, we did not go around the world, but that's okay. Great representation. Lots of Europe, lots of Africa. We got some Asia, uh, around the, um, equator, solid South America. And when our Aussie friends wake up, we can say, oi, 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 and give them a hard time. All right, guys, all about fun, all about good times, but we're also all about getting the work done that we need to do here. Thanks again to ACI Learning for sponsoring that segment. It's always fun. All right, guys. As easy as it's going to be, we're about to get into the news. So sit back, relax, and select. Sit back, relax. I forgot to do one small thing. Hold on. Do, do, do. 
Oh, da, 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 da. This is me dancing. Um, do me a favor. Sit back. Hello, I'm right clicking on you. I need you to. What the crap? You know, I... what is going? Saga continues no. this time. Hold on, Citrix. hold on, hold on. We're having slight production issues. Whatever. Here we go. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. It is the next day, so it's Worldwide Thursday for Aussies. Thank you, Carrie. All right, guys, do me a favor. Sit back, relax. And let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us all in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Sean Kelly. CISA boss targeted in harrowing swatting attack. CISA Director Jen Easterly has confirmed she was the subject of a swatting attempt on December 30th after a bogus report was made of a shooting at her home. Swatting involves a serious crime being falsely reported, causing heavily armed law enforcement officers to rush to the scene. These hoaxes are not only intimidating for victims, but in some cases have turned deadly. Easterly described the incident as harrowing and added that harassment of public officials, including swatting incidents and personal threats, have become a troubling trend in recent years. CISA declined to answer questions about who was behind the crime or why Easterly was targeted. Um, okay, all right. Here we go. No, 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 no. The woman is a national treasure, okay? She's constantly driving cyber risk reduction. She has put CISA on the map. She has somehow busted out a guitar and played the most sirens call of Kumbaya to bring public and private sector together in harmony. She's a person of the people. She makes government not suck. And she is... Like she's she's driven so much in the way of of like good stuff, known exploited vulnerabilities, driving um like voluntary frameworks, like so much she's done, and you're gonna swat her? You suck, man. Whoever made this call, swatting is terrible. Swatting is awful. You would think at this point that um law enforcement. You would think that at this point, law enforcement would uh, be very mindful of swatting. I didn't work in law enforcement. I know we have several former Leos and active Leos. I suppose you do have to take all swatting stories seriously, right? You can't be like, oh, it's another it's another child crying wolf. Like, let's let it go. But, but dude, there's got to be protocols. There's got to be something in... Um, there's got to be something in, in the way. Now, really quickly, BSEC is saying that sirens, sirens are evil. All I'm saying is that's one perspective. Siren, a siren's call is a sound that you cannot help but be driven towards. Just like you can't help but be like, oh, man, public-private sector is cool. GRC is cool. This is the siren's call of Jen Easterly. All right. Now, I'm very, very happy um, that Jen was not harmed in this. Obviously, I'm happy that nobody gets harmed in any swatting um, exercise, right? Like, obviously, I on the show, I go hyperbolic with my um, affinity for Jen, but it, it she's awesome. But I don't want anyone to get hurt. It's not like if it was like the deputy director at CISA, it'd be okay. Like, ah, who gives a crap? No. But dude, like swatting, I don't know who started it. I know it was probably like, I know kids 
with Call of Duty back in the day did it. I know people have been killed because of swatting. I know what's his face. Um, oh my God, the blogger, um, the blogger that like does all the info sex stuff. He uh, Krebs. Krebs has been swatted. Um, it it's it sucks. It sucks. So uh, I just hope that protocols are put in place to you know really be mindful of this. Okay. <sighs> all right. I'm glad Jen's good. Let's go. Um, hold on. Do we have a special sound effect? Uh, I guess Jen just gets this. All right. Subway puts lockbit investigation on the menu. The Subway restaurant chain is investigating claims made by the infamous Lockbit 3.0 ransomware gang on its Tor leak site that it exfiltrated hundreds of gigabytes of financial data from Subway's systems. The data allegedly includes extensive franchise financial details, employee salaries, and royalty and commission payments. Lockbit claims that it will put the information up for sale on February 2nd unless their undisclosed ransom demand is met. If Lockbit's claims are substantiated, it may signal a shift in their usual tactics of going after smaller targets that only average roughly $100 million in revenue. Sorry, I, I didn't listen to that story because I'm trying to I'm trying to instigate a fight with the with the mod team about the use of sirens call. Okay, so Subway puts a Lockbit investigation on the menu. LOL. Um, whatever. Subway, major food chain. They got hit. I do want to say something um, pretty funny. If if uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it th uh, this quickly. Um, Lockbit, Subway, um, screenshot. Um, there was a really funny thing on on social media the other day where Lock like Lockbit released this photo. Um, Lockbit released this photo on social media on their on their like Telegram site or whatever it is. Uh, or someone snapped it and put it on Twitter. Anyways, the funny thing was, it was like Lockbit has compromised a uh, well-known uh, sandwich chain and will release the victim if they don't pay. Um, you know, way to go Subway in your marketing campaign. But do you see this on the left right here, this graphic, this yellow and green thing that's fuzzed out? <laughs> Pretty iconic. Like, yeah, I appreciate you blurred it out. But my friends, that... um. That's definitely not Jimmy John's. That's absolutely not Jersey Mike's. Okay. So, you know, good. good. This is one of those ones where like A for effort, but um, kind of missed the forest for the trees on this one. All right. So um, Subway gets hit. Uh, Lockbit's obviously a major uh, ransomware as a service chain. You got to remember Subway is a franchise model, of course. So. Um, they got all this information on SBS network. I, I don't know what that means, but I would assume the SBS network is the way that the mothership communicates down to the different franchises of Subway. Uh, so obviously there's some impact there. Uh, I love that the uh, the dark reading author is having fun with so many different, um, you know, play on words here, like on the menu and hacks fresh. Um, whatever. Subway, I mean, not to say that Subway has money and they can just do it, but um, I don't know how bad this is going to be for Subway. Like, they're still going to be able to make sandwiches. They're still going to be able to uh, serve customers and make money. So I don't know what the actual impact is. We'll see if Subway pays the uh, ransom. I doubt they would. Uh, one fun thing for uh, industry or for practitioners, um, they say Zero Fox did the work here. 
I actually uh, spent some time at the Zero Fox booth at Black Hat the year before last. I've never heard of Zero Fox. I actually got one of their shirts. It's pretty cool. It looks like graffiti spray paint. Like, uh, you know, inner, inner upper New York or inner New York City um, subway car uh, spray paint. And um, they basically are dark web. Um, like, they basically constantly monitor the dark web for brands and for business names and stuff like that and try to figure out if there's been like data or compromises or you're in the know, right? So it's, it's kind of like a dark web threat intel analyst for your business, except it's, you know, that's their service. So anyways, all this stuff, I don't understand how they got hit. Uh, one of the implementations is to implement email protections like DMARC. So maybe they got hit through email. I'll tell you what, guys, if you're not... <clears throat> If you're not implementing DMARC at your business, you really should. Like DMARC, DKIM, and SPF are like the three musketeers of email security uh, to help kind of prevent um, spoofing and some other things. They're pretty easy to set up. You kind of like set it and forget it. I just recently had to do it for uh, simplycyber.io, the domain that I use, um, because Google and uh, Yahoo are going to start rejecting emails that don't have DMARC implemented. So it, it's, it, it wasn't that hard. Uh, so if you can, any security control that you can set it and forget it is a good security control, right? Maybe it's not the best control. Maybe there are known ways to circumvent it. But guys, what we do here is we, we're not, here's the thing. In information security, yes, occasionally you can put the bar like 40 feet in the air and be like, go ahead, try to jump over it. But in reality, all we're trying to do is like lift the bar a little bit, right? Maybe there's threat actors that are sophisticated that could run and hurdle over the bar. And that's fine. We'll just have to think about a couple more bars down the road that maybe they can trip on. But if you can raise the bar a little bit and that way, you know, the, the less sophisticated threat actors that would just run and run over the bar, if we raise it a little bit and they run and catch their foot and smash their face really hard into the tarmac, uh, or the asphalt or whatever, then that's a win for us, right? We're reducing likelihood. And guys, I know it's cybersecurity is super, super complicated and there's all sorts of dimensions to it. But one of the cool things that we can absolutely distill down to the essence is that cyber risk is, in most cases, is likelihood and impact. This is like day one GRC stuff that you would learn. Cyber risk is likelihood of a crappy event happening. And when it does, what is the impact to your business? And if you can reduce either of those, you're winning. And if you can reduce both, you're really winning. So by elevating the bar and making it harder for some threat actors, you're reducing the likelihood. You're reducing the pool of potential jerks that are going to be able to pop your uh, business. So that's why it's called defense in depth. Put as many bars as you can. Put as many controls as you can. Yeah. Some next level elite swordfish level Hugh Jackman hacker or you know Johnny Lee Miller, whatever. Like they're gonna get through. But like, why don't we why don't we try to make it so everybody can't run the train on us? You know what I mean? Sorry, Kennedy. Australia sanctions Revil Hacker behind Metabank data breach. Australia announced Tuesday that it will leverage its new cyber sanctions against a Russian national allegedly responsible for the 2022 hack of the Australian health insurance provider Metabank. Alexander Genedivik Ermakov, who is believed to be a member of the Revil Ransomware Group, leaked personal health information of nearly 10 million Metabank customers. 
Australian authorities worked with international partners to tie Ermakov to the hack. While Ermakov's arrest is unlikely, Australia's new sanctions allow Australia to impose travel bans and asset freezes. Additionally, those who attempt to provide assets to Ermakov could also face imprisonment and heavy fines. Australian authorities are confident that simply naming Ermakov will cause significant harm to his cyber operations. The United States and the United Kingdom also announced their own sanctions against Ermakov. All right. So Revil, hacker behind the Metabank uh, breach. If you guys remember, um, hey, since there's no Australians here, let's talk about them. <laughs> All these Australians. So uh, anyways, uh, the Metabank hack data breach was massive. Metabank is like a huge, I, I don't think they were a bank financial services. I thought they were like a healthcare provider. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken. Let me, let me just go. Yeah. Largest health insurance provider in Australia. They got hit last year or two years ago, October, 2022, um, right hot off the heels of like the hugest cell phone carrier in Australia. I forget what their name is. Um, whatever, like Optum or something like that. So Australia got hit back to back in the mouth. Now, Revil uh, was a really, really well-known popular um, threat actor group. Um. Actually, you know what? There's there's something kind of strange about this. Hold on. There's something. All right. So let me talk about the story and then let me tell you what's kind of strange about this. Okay. Um, so basically, they've, they say they've identified who did the hack and they're sanctioning them. Okay. Okay. Mostly when you do sanctionings, countries sanction countries from doing like international commerce and stuff. I don't know. Um, like the U S and the UK announced sanctions against this individual. What does that do? Like, what is the punishment? Like, okay. Is that like a badge of honor for this guy? Because like, what does that mean? Sanctions doesn't mean you can't travel internationally. Sanctions doesn't mean you're going to get arrested. That That's not an indictment. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I, maybe I don't know. Like, what we're talking about here, but sanctions seems kind of weak here. Uh, although Ermakov may not care about the sanctions or find ways to evade them, his illegal activity is likely to feel the effect of these restrictions. Cyber criminals trade in anonymity. Okay. He can no longer operate unrestricted. His identity is known to everyone around the world. Okay, come on, dude. I, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. But what I do want to say is like, it. how hard would it be for this guy to just spin up a, a, a sock puppet account or steal someone's uh, identity and, and spin it up that way? Like, I don't see, I don't really see, um, I don't really see like what we're talking about here. Sanctions don't do anything. Like that's posturing at best. Now, let me, let me, um, let me take a pause here and talk about something else for a minute. Revil, if you guys remember, Revil was like a really, really top tier threat actor group. And they got busted in, I want to say March of 2022. It was like, it was like right before, hold on. I, I bet you it was like February, 2022. Revil, um, you know, bust law enforcement, whatever you want to call it. I'm pulling this up right now. 
Yeah, the biggest ransomware bust yet. Okay. It looks like it was November uh, 2018, uh, two, November 2021, okay? Fallout from Revil, February 2022. Okay, so I was, I was close. I wasn't nailing it, but I was close. Okay, so the end of 2021, the early of 2022, you, if you don't remember, Russia, Russia's like special forces law enforcement, straight up kicked the door in, literally, on Revil Ransomware Group, who were operating out of Ukraine and arrested them. The reason I remember it is because it was like, we covered it in the story and we're like, why the hell, sorry, Kennedy. It made no sense at the time why Russia was running an op to break one of the, the largest ransomware groups because Russia traditionally lets ransomware threat actors run roughshod on anyone they want as long as they don't impact Russian businesses or citizens. So it was very weird. And then immediately Russia like invaded Ukraine. And then it became obvious. It was like, oh, this was like a smokescreen of throw goodwill for Russia where they're like, oh, look, they're part of the Justice League. And then all of a sudden they turn out to be a double agent and they're like Martian man or whatever. So anyways, the point is this attack on Medibank actually happened in October of 2022, like almost 12 months after Revo got busted. So clearly this dude, Ermakov, either was not in the room when law enforcement kicked in the door or he got out of jail or got on bail and then continued his hacking operations to the tune of like the largest attack in Australian history. So all I would say is it just goes to show you, in my opinion, that the whole Revil bus thing was a lot of um, political spin and um, uh, more of theater than it was actual law enforcement taking down a major threat actor. Again, uh, let me let me preface this with uh, my tinfoil hat. A lot of what I'm saying is objective and based on facts, but then I'm also sprinkling in hot takes of my own here of, of whether or not it was all theater, that Revil bus. But guys, they actually had the camera, the, the cop badge uh, vest camera, whatever, of kicking in the door. If you guys remember, it was like all the rage back then. All right. So anyways, there we go. They figured it out. I don't know what sanctions does for me though. Like what's, what's Ermakov going to do? Like he, he can still, he can still be free. He can still go to Fiji. He could still spend money and operate. Like he just like, whatever sanctions. What is that? Water services, giant Veolia hit by ransomware attack. Veolia North America has disclosed a ransomware attack that disrupted parts of its municipal water division and bill payment services. The company said there is no evidence that the attack affected water or wastewater treatment operations. Upon detecting the attack, Veolia implemented defensive measures, temporarily taking some systems offline to contain the breach. Veolia has discovered a limited number of individuals whose personal information may have been impacted during the breach. The company is working with a third-party forensics firm to further assess the extent of the attack's impact. And All right, Justin Gold. All right, so Justin Gold is our resident water services expert in chat. Um, all right, so Viola North America, whatever. Insert variable, like, so this is like basically a variable name right here. So insert, you know, grab the next name off the list. Uh, a subsidiary of uh, insert conglomerate variable. Disclosed a ransomware attack. All right. On their municipal water division, dude, water, water, and uh, K through twelve have been getting hit hard. Like they've they've straight up been 
Um, water services, if you don't know, okay, so check this out. Um, if I had the time to do this in real time, I would absolutely do this, but check it out. This like water services is basically the cover of Pantera's vulgar display of power. Like that is water services on the left and ransomware threat actors is this, this arm uh, protruding directly into water services grill. I know this is a little bit of a deep cut, but believe me, this is 100% a visual analogy of what is happening to water services over the last like six to 12 months. I don't know what to tell you guys. They're underfunded. They don't um, replace uh, end of life systems. Uh, InfoSec is not really a priority. IT is kind of a priority. This is based on what I have seen um, based on the victims, uh, water services victims. Um, now, I don't know what threat actor uh, did it. I know Klopp ransomware was hot for a minute on that uh, before. So Klopp was hot on it, but then Klopp got the, um, the uh, oh my God. What was that? Um, what was that massive breach? Uh, the move it breach. So Klopp ransomware was hitting water services for a minute. They hit one in the UK. They were hitting others. And then they then they hit the move it breach and they're they're just digging out of um, the spoils of war. So like we won't hear from Klopp for a while because they're picking through. They basically bought um, they went on storage wars and Klopp bought fifty um, abandoned containers and they're all full of gold. So they they aren't going to be uh, messing around too much um, lately. One sad thing is that this water services group is part of a conglomerate. Conglomerates typically means to me. Um, conglomerate typically means to me deep pockets, right? Um, so if you do work for water services, you are critical infrastructure. Be mindful that you have access to CISA resources. Let me see if I can critical infrastructure water. Uh, let me see. Look, there, there's information out there. Uh, Jen Easterly, our later lady of cybersecurity. There's this. I want to point out that um, and uh, Josh Mason's in chat giving us awesome information. Dragos Water Services. Dragos is like a, a, a force in the OT space. And they do, you can get help from Dragos for free. So if you're listening to this and you work in water services and you haven't got hit yet, don't be the next victim on the freaking morning daily cyber threat brief. You can call Dragos and get some help. You can, um, you can also do this. You can get free pen tests from DHS and CISA for free. If you can prove that your water services, which by the way, if you're lying to them, when they show up to pen test, it's going to be pretty obvious, right? So there's so many free resources out there. Don't let money be the reason that you're like, Oh, I guess I can't, I guess I can't uh, protect myself because we don't have budget. There's tons of free resources out there. Get some and not be the next victim. It sucks, man. I need water. You need water. Water's pretty important for all of us, right? So let's, let's do the best we can and protect ourselves from, um, threat actors. Okay. Uh, Raymond Cruz, you are, I love it. 
I'm assuming Raymond Cruz is joking, but if you run your own well water, I guess you're a water services treatment. I mean, you're a water services plant for one, for one uh, business. So getting, can you imagine calling them and getting a pen test for your house? You're like, yeah, I really, really concerned about uh, co-op ransomware busting in and messing up my well water. Can you go ahead and come on in here? All right, let's keep going. Now, a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. Ever wish AI could auto-generate answers to security questionnaires for you based on your SOC 2 and other documents? Spoiler alert, it can, and now you can try it for free with Conveyor's AI security questionnaire automation software. Setup only takes a few seconds. Get a free Conveyor account and simply upload your security documents, then upload a new questionnaire to see AI-generate answers in seconds based on your documents. Try a free proof of concept today at www.conveyor.com. All right, here we go. Advises. All right, guys, welcome to the party, pal. I don't know if we had any first timers in chat today, but if you're here for the first time, welcome to the party, pal. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the stream. I certainly am, minus the swatting story on Jen Easterly. If you're getting value, educational, entertainment, if you're a regular, hit the like button. It goes a long way to help other people find the show. That's why I ask you to hit it. Thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. I teased you that they would be here at the mid-roll, and here they are. Guys, anti-siphon training is disrupting the traditional bloated cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, like Chris Whitlock, Robert Cooper, Kurt Adler, Divine Dream Divine, Jenny Housley, Jesse Johnson, Alpha Sierra, Alpha Sierra's mom, if if uh, she's there, Alpha Sierra. Regardless of financial position, you, uh-oh, I'm frozen. Why am I frozen? Oh, my God. Bro, bro. Am I frozen on stream? That is a weird-looking thing. Let me go ahead and try to fix this. One second. Can you hear me? Can you still hear me? Hello. Ugh. Let's go. Hold on. I got to fix this stupid software. Hold on. Do, 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 talk amongst yourselves. There we go. Hold on. Oh, what a mess. Hold on. We're going to get this sorted out. This is real time production correction. Hold on. Are you serious right now with this? All right. Hold on one second. Give me a second, everybody. I got everything. Everything's going going sideways right now. Hold on one second. I got to open task manager and it, like manually kill Streamlabs. Streamlabs! You're killing me, Smalls. One second. I know you can see. Hello. One second. One second. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Rhode Island, not a road or an island. Discuss. I feel it's funny that like Streamlabs, the crash handlers, the thing causing the problems. The irony is hilarious. Dance with me, do it, baby. 
Oh, of course. Now my audio is going to start clipping. I will not reboot this machine. We will. We will continue. We will rebuild. We will rebuild. Here we go. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. All right, guys. Hey, I want to tell you about this amazing opportunity from Anti-Siphon Training. Literally next week, January 29th, John Strand himself, the amazing Sand, uh, former Sands instructor, owner of Black Hills, excellent person, love the guy. He is going to be teaching active defense and cyber deception. And then the following week, SOC core skills. If you're looking to get massive amounts of value and education from an absolute legend, look no further than the two links in the description below. Simple as that, dude. Sign up for the active defense and cyber deception course. Take it for free, 16 hours. I promise you, I've taken the course myself. I promise you. It is worth your time, worth your zero dollars, and absolutely a banger of a class. You'll learn, you'll network, you'll you'll love it. You'll love it. I promise you, you'll love it, all right? So sign up, you'll love it. All right, what else we got here? Oh, yeah. Guys, Carl Rond. Carl Rond, text somebody in chat. Hey, if you're looking to blow up your, informa uh, your professional network, hold on, I got to choose another song really quickly. Let me pick something. Let me pick something that uh, really, let me just um, pick something that really resonates here. Um, yeah, we'll do this one. All right, guys, check it out. If you are interested in blowing up your professional network, do me a favor, go on LinkedIn and do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's very simple. Carl Ron, please tag somebody. If you want to blow up your network, Go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. All right? Simple as that. And once you're on the, uh, once you've found the hashtag, comment on the posts using the hashtag. And more importantly, connect with the people who posted and the people in comments. Because you're going to do that, the next person's going to connect with you. Right? So if you have the baton, Oh my God, are you serious right now? Are you, oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to yeet this. I'm going to yeet this. Oh my God, bro. I'm having massive Streamlabs issues right now. Ugh. All right, hold on. This, this whole thing is gone. This whole thing has gone sideways. I swear to God. What a hot mess express. All right, so here's the thing. Carl Ron, please tag somebody. Everybody else, um, please go on LinkedIn and search for that hashtag. Thank you to all of you for that. We are... Yes, exactly, casually, Joseph. We're going to give it one more shot. We're going to try to power through this... Um, we're going to try to power through this, okay? Over the weekend, Gary us away, captivity, 
This is a kind of a deep cut. A lot of people, if you know, you know, but this song doesn't get airtime on the um, radio. All right, here we go. All right. Strange. All right, thank you for enabling us to uh, dig out of that problem. Let's get back to the news. Here we go. Apple reveals exploited zero-day in browser engine. Apple has patched a zero-day bug in its WebKit browser engine for Safari that could be used to execute arbitrary code on affected systems. The bug stems from a type of confusion error, which causes a system to incorrectly validate inputs it receives. On Monday, Apple said it's aware of a report that the issue may have been exploited. The company has released updated versions of iOS, iPadOS, macOS, and tvOS with additional validation checks to address the vulnerability. All right. So like everything else, this, um, there's been a lot of these kind of like entangled bugs that come out where Google releases it and it seems to be focused on a Chrome issue. And then it, it basically like supply chain, you find out that it's deeper in kind of like, uh, the drivers of the libraries underneath it. Uh, so Apple's released this guys, you know, I, I will say Apple's pretty good about like auto updating your devices if you leave them on and you configure it that way. Um, you know, I mean, basically this is, ah, you gotta patch it. This is a patch it 101. Um, if you're, if you're following good cyber hygiene practices, you're not doing dumb stuff. Um, you keep your stuff patched. You're good to go. What I would say is it's important to note, uh, some people might think of just their laptop or just their iPhone. Um, if you're if you're all in on the Apple ecos, excuse me, Apple ecosystem, you gotta um, you gotta patch it all. You gotta patch it. Ah, you gotta patch like it's basic as that, right? So don't sleep on your uh, TV OS. Don't sleep on you know if you carry like an Apple TV or something like in your uh, package. Like I, I have like a travel mobile bag for like the mobile studio when I go to conferences and stuff. And I have an iPad in there that I don't use very often. So like, you know, it, it, you have to make sure that you're comprehensive. That that's another thing, like from a bigger picture perspective, that's another thing that like people need to be mindful of. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy to be like, Oh, like let's do all the tech things. Let's sign up for everything. And then in you, but you need to realize, and I feel like as you get older, um, or more experienced, you, it, it, it really does stick with you a little bit more, but every single piece of software you, you take on every piece of technology you take on, you are introducing a maintenance burden, right? Everybody wants to be like YOLO on all the things, but guess what? Everything has a maintenance burden. That even goes as far as to say when you're in uh, discussions, like you're, um, you're doing an RFP for a new tech, right? You're talking to vendors you need to okay. So I'm I, I am taking this story a lot further away from than what the main thing here was, but this is a a, a more you know gather around children because I've seen this a million times. <clears throat> a lot of times when you're doing an RFP or request for proposal, you're like, hey, we need a solution that does X. We need an EDR solution to protect our business. We need an MDR solution to outsource secops. We need a firewall. We need uh, email gateway. Like whatever it is, okay. And they're like, oh, we've got feature, 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 right? 
like proof points, like I, you know, the top five features on our email security gateway are Dylon, 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 right? <laughs> if you're a Chappelle fan, you know exactly what I said. And that's a deep cut again. I, I try not to do inside jokes, but that's a hilarious Google Dylon Chappelle and you'll, you'll see it anyways. Um, but what you as an infosec person should be saying, right, is what what kind of training are you going to give our staff as part of the solution? What is the how much FTEs or full-time employees is required to maintain this thing? And what is the decommission process? Like I know it's silly to talk about like how do we sunset this technology when you haven't even bought it yet, but what I'm telling you is I like, and swear to God, if you have lived this, if you have lived this in reality, please hashtag preach with me on this one. I can't tell you, and this is ridiculous. I can't tell you how many technologies I have been involved with where the business bought it. And then they freaking just sat there because they didn't have staff to tune it use it, maintain it, literally signed a big fat check, slapped it into the server rack and no one ever used it. Oh no, we've got, we've got security onion. Oh no, we've got Gigamons. Oh no, we've got Splunk. Oh no, we've got like, oh, we've got Scout. Oh, we've got uh, Vanta. Oh, we've got, um. oh, what's the one that begins with the A? What's the passive Armus? We've got all these. No one's using them, bro. Because nobody knows how to use them because we didn't budget. We spent the whole budget on the freaking technology and we spent zero dollars. Oh, sorry. There's no more budget. The money's all gone. Belt tightening for 2024. We got to make budget cuts. Nobody got trained on how to use the damn thing. We don't know what we're doing. So it just gathers dust. And then you talk about, oh, very cool. Like, awesome. Like, so the auditor comes in, they're like, what are you doing for vulnerability scanning? You're like, oh, we've got Qualys. It's like, okay, check. Vulnerability scanning approved. And in reality, it is a paper tiger checkbox exercise because you're not freaking using it because no one knows how to use it. All right. Exploit released for Fortra Go Anywhere MFT bug. Researchers have released a proof of concept exploit for a critical authentication bypass vulnerability in Fortra's Go Anywhere MFT or managed file transfer software. The bug allows attackers to create new admin users on unpatched instances via the administration <laughs> portal. Oh, sorry, quickly, Louisa B. Security through quantity. <laughs> Fortra quietly patched the bug on December 7th with release 7.4.1 of Go Anywhere MFT. However, the company only publicly disclosed the issue on Tuesday, offering limited information. Fortra did issue more detailed private advisories to customers back on December 4th, urging them to secure their MFT services. Though Fortra said there have yet to be reports of exploitation, threat actors will now likely begin attacking any unpatched instances of the software. <clears throat> All right, couple things here. Um, what's up, Sergeant Fighter? Oorah. All right, so check it out. Exploit released. There's a lot here, okay? Uh, in, these might be some terminologies that are new to people who are in not in the industry yet, but breaking in. So a couple of things. One, um, let me just make sure. <clears throat> okay, so this technology, Fortra Go Anywhere, is a file transfer solution. There is a vulnerability that allows you to 
bypass authentication, which means you don't have to brute force a username and password. You don't have to socially engineer someone to give you their multi-factor. You literally just like, it's, you know what it is? Um, mods, can you pull up? Well, I'll, I'll do it really quickly. This is what an auth bypass is. Okay. Um, security gate, warn path, walk around, funny. All right. Like this is, <clears throat> I'm being a little, a little tongue in cheek, but it was qu a quick, a quick score. <clears throat> Basically the, an auth bypass is walking around this, right? Walking around this gate. So username and password, you put it in and you open this gate and you walk through it. An auth bypass essentially is walking around this gate. Now, Again, this is obvious to anyone walking that would see how to do it, but like pretend for a second it's all digital and you can't see it. So if there is an exploit release, so there's a vulnerability that you can walk around the gate, but you may not know how to use that vulnerability. You may not know how to walk around that gate, which again, I know is silly, but get the example, all right? So the exploit being released basically enables people to exploit that vulnerability. And when you release it, essentially, Releasing it makes it more open for the community, like more people, um, more people can take advantage of it, right? Justin Matthews with the first timer. Hey, Justin Matthews. Welcome to the party, Welcome pal. To the party, pal. So um, we saw any, we saw the move it uh, breach, the progress move it breach last year. Absolutely wreak havoc, catastrophic on hundreds of different businesses. So based on that example of what the impact can be, again, we, we work in likelihood and impact, and there is precedent and case study made about the impact to a technology like this getting popped. <clears throat> if you're running Fortra Go Anywhere, I absolutely massively encourage you to implement the, um, the ability, like basically you can remove the attack vector by following these steps. Very simple. You basically delete this XML, X HTML file and you put an empty one there and restart services. The fix is incredibly easy. Okay. So now making that fix, I don't know if there's any impact to business operations. I don't know, but I do know based on the move it breach, you do not want to be you do not want to be the, the dude holding this bag, okay? Believe me. Apple's anti-theft security slows down iPhone crooks. This week, Apple pushed out a brand new stolen device protection feature as part of the iOS 17.3 update for iPhone users. Stolen device protection requires users to authenticate with Face ID or Touch ID when the device is in an unfamiliar location <clears throat> before allowing access to sensitive features or device settings. For example, using stored passwords and payment info and erasing device content and settings. The intent is to slow down criminals who have access to the device's passcode, giving time for users to secure their Apple accounts. In order to set up the new protections, Apple users must have two-factor authentication enabled. The feature should be turned off before selling, trading, or giving away the phone. Cool. I love this. Um, is this on by uh, default? Apple pushed out the update featuring um i don't know if this is turned on by default let me see if the word default is in the story the word default is not on the story it's part of ios 17.3 so if you're running 17.3 get on that um go to settings face id passcode and enable it <clears throat> i will enable it i'm going to use it 
Um, this is cool. So this is part of a larger kind of meta uh, if, of security um, security control. So there's a thing called conditional access. And it it used to be like, you know, if Jesse Johnson has access to the phone, then Jesse Johnson has access to the phone, period, right? Now, with conditional access, there's a little bit of logic put into it. So Jesse Johnson can access the phone, but Jesse typically is asleep from midnight to 6 a.m. So in reality, there is no legitimate use case for him to access the phone between midnight and 6 a.m. Now, if someone tries to log in, maybe it, it pops an additional level of authentication, right? Because it's something sussy. But I mean, if, if Jesse wakes up at two in the morning, there's an emergency. Yeah, he can get in and use the phone. I, I love this. I think this is great. Um, guys, we do have to eat our own dog food in information security. If someone's trying to log into your RDP or your your uh, file transfer solution from, you know, a foreign country in the middle of the night, that's a problem. If you know, like, you're trying to, I don't know, you're you're trying to <clears throat> access something at, at weird hours. Those are the kind of the common conditional accesses. Um, you know, a little bit of extra protection, a little bit of extra checking is awesome. So to me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to me, one of the things I like about this is very rarely in information security, very rarely do we get um, something that's more like a security feature that also introduces less friction or doesn't introduce friction to an end user, right? A, a simple example is <clears throat> multi excuse me, Jesus, multi-factor authentication, right? It definitely adds extra security, but it's extra burden. It's extra friction, right? You go to log in and now you got to do something else. You got to get your phone. You got to look at your little fob or whatever. So that's friction, but at the cost, uh, that's security, but at the cost of friction. Now, federated authentication, one username and password to rule them all, that's security and less friction. So, because, you know, Carl doesn't have to remember uh, multiple usernames and passwords. So it doesn't happen often. This one's awesome because basically, in the situations, the conditions where it's sus and they need extra protections, they get implemented, but they're not implemented in all the conditions, right? So I love it. Uh, John Hoyt is, report, is reporting that this is something that you need to enable. Uh, um, you have to opt into. I'm certainly going to do it. I'll let you know what my experiences are. X adds support for passkeys on iOS. <clears throat> X, formerly known as Twitter, announced Tuesday that it will support the use of passkeys, which offer users a more secure login method than traditional passwords. Passkeys have already been adopted by Apple iOS and Google, as well as a number of high-profile applications, including PayPal, TikTok, and WhatsApp. Passkey technology uses biometric authentication like Face ID or Touch ID, a PIN, or physical security authentication key to validate login attempts, therefore combining the benefits of two-factor authentication into a single step. X's move comes on the heels of a number of high-profile Twitter account hacks, including that of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. All right, so <clears throat> I guess good. Um, so X is adding pass keys on iOS uh, and getting rid of SMS 2FA, <clears throat> probably because there's been multiple hacks, multiple hacks of high-profile Twitter accounts. So text message MFA, not great. I will say I'm not throwing shade at uh, SMS two-factor authentication only because, uh, yes, SIM swapping is a is a real attack. However, if you had the choice between no MFA and 
two uh, SMS two FA, then do the SMS two FA. Right? It's it's like I got saying earlier, like just raise the bar higher. Yeah, sophisticated threat actors that are going to go through the effort of sim swapping are going to get you, but you're gonna you're raising the bar. X is getting rid of this and introducing pass keys. I think this is great. Um, I do want to say that it's going to introduce. Um, I, I hold on. I want to know exactly what pass key is in this um, instance, though. Let me see. So the pass key in this example are bio auths, like your face ID. So if you've been using your iPhone and it's like you can log in uh, with your face instead of typing in the password, very, very cool, right? Now you can use it as a two-factor. Here's my concern, okay? Here's my concern. Because I wanted to make sure I knew what pass keys meant on this. Pass keys for iOS. So it's the it's the it's it's basically like leveraging the federated capability of the iOS to use your face as authentication. Okay, which is fine. Go go for it. Here's my problem. Okay, it doesn't scale very well. Gerald Osier's Twitter account. Yeah, I'm the one who uses it, and it's on my phone, and this makes sense for authentication. Gary Gensler's SEC account or the official Microsoft account or any business account. What? Like, so like, what are you going to like? So everybody's going to have to like have their own. It, it doesn't scale very well. You know what I mean? So like, let's say I'm thinking here that like me and the mod team have access to the Simply Cyber Twitter account. Okay. So now Every one of you, everyone on the mod team has the same username and password. Okay, so that's slight issue, but okay. Now my phone has my bio for 2FA and Jesse has his phone with his bio for 2FA, but for the same account. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Does does that work? Is it just relying on the phone, the iPhone saying, yes, the person who is using the iPhone is in fact the person whose bios are on this? So I, I like it and I think it's cool for individuals, but I don't know how well it scales for business. Um, but you know what? Getting rid of that, that's fine. Yeah, no, this is 2FA. This doesn't get rid of username and password. You still need username and password, which is fine because that's easy to share and also easy to compromise. But um, yeah, anyways, we'll see, whatever. Like way to go X for doing something that wasn't a dumpster fire move. And that does it for today's cybersecurity. Advises customers. All right, y'all. Holla, holla, holla. We're a few minutes over. Much apologies to Nick Barker. We're two minutes over the hour. Guys, really quickly, if you were here just for the news, before you run out, I want to remind everybody that tomorrow at 4.30 p.m., I am going to be joined by an absolute force of nature when it comes to web application security. This guy, Tiberius, uh, he is like magical when it comes to web app security. And he's going to be coming on. He's going to be talking about web app security, obviously. He makes content uh, like YouTube content, content creation, educational materials. He is a absolute wonderful uh, treasure for the, uh, for the cybersecurity community. And I'm very, very pleased to have a conversation with him and basically facilitate all of your questions directly to him and uh, learn from him as well. So come join us tomorrow at 4.30 p.m.
just so everybody knows, Simply Cyber Live, the Thursday uh, long-form guest interview that we do weekly, is really taking off. Uh, Kimberly's been helping me with like logistics. And guys, we've got a slate of absolute home run guests with us. Uh, another thing that we've done that I forget to tell everybody all the time, uh, if you go on to... If you go on simplycyber.io, I know the website needs a little bit of updating, but guess what? We have put the calendar of events on simplycyber.io. So we're going to be filling these out uh, pretty soon. And you'll be able to see like who the guest is coming up next week, next month, right? You'll be able to see the Cyberstarter show. We're, we're beginning to uh, populate this. So you'll be able, there's so much going on for Simply Cyber beyond Cyber 101 that we are absolutely going to, uh, we got we got to keep track of it so you can uh, asynchronously inform yourself. It's gonna be thebomb.com. All right, guys, I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. If you were here just for the news and you're half a CPE, delicious, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And we will see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. But if you're here for jawjacking, let's get on it, get on it, get on it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the party. This is Jerry Guy, your After Dark host uh, for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Hope you enjoyed Dr. Rozier's top cyber news stories of the day. If you're new here, Jawjacking's basically just a kick at AMA for 30 minutes where we holla, holla, holla and have a good time, share resources, support each other. It's basically totally on brand for Simply Cyber, but we're chilling. Hopefully everyone's having a great day. Wednesdays are always fun. I liked uh, ripping on the Aussies a bit. <laughs> Can't believe we had production issues with Streamlabs mid-roll. Could have done without that, but... UT Dallas Information Security Office was in chat earlier. First in chat. UT Dallas InfoSec Office actually had some really cool stuff to share. UT Dallas InfoSec Office. I don't know if you can drop that link or not. Guys, I want to... Um, just throw it out there. If you're interested, jawjacking is being presented by this blog post at Hyper. Uh, I've selected, I select one blog post for every jawjacking session. And this is how to use context-based authentication to improve security. At the end of the last stream, I, or the end of the last story, I was talking about um, uh, conditional-based access. If you'd like to learn more, uh, go ahead and check this out. I've put a link in, the way we're doing it is on Discord. If you go to the Simply Cyber Discord server, under Simply Cyber channel, under the Simply Cyber channel right here, there is this show support right here. Go ahead and click on show support. And I basically post the, uh, I, I post like, you know, basically the sponsored post for the day. Here's the TLDR. I think this blog post adds value, but if you click on it, uh, this company, Hyper, will donate $1.50 for every one of you that click on it. So if you want to support the channel but not have money come out of your pocket, uh, go over to the Discord server, click on that uh, link, and check it out. Please. All right. So UT Dallas InfoSec had some cool stuff. Zach Morrison with the questions. We can fire up some questions. I'm definitely happy to answer, obviously. Would doing a help desk job help with finding a cybersecurity job? The answer is yes, Zach Morrison. 
So uh, IT support help desk, you're the front line. You're going to be talking to end users, hearing all sorts of real problems that they have, all sorts of silly mistakes that they make. And I tell you definitively, if you are on the support desk, help desk, you can use that as an um, opportunity to get to the InfoSec office and ask them questions. Explain to them that you want to be a champion of their office and that you want to help set up MFA for people and make sure when people reset passwords that they're choosing good ones. And what that will end up doing for you is establish yourself as someone who's into InfoSec and two, you'll be able to network directly with that InfoSec office. It's an absolute chef's kiss. It's a good move, Zach. All right, what else we got here? Robert Cooper's coming in hot. Hey, Jerry, I'm taking your GRC course. It's awesome. Also took your exposure management course. Are there resume bullets for it? Um, I didn't make resume bullets for the uh, exposure management course. I certainly could. The thing with the exposure management course um, is that I did that as a commission piece of work. So XM Cyber. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, um, let me show you really quickly. Um, this course right here, I made this course. I made the curriculum. I did the recordings. I did everything. And you get five CPEs. You get a Credly badge. It's absolutely free to anyone. All you got to do is register and take the course. I think it's excellent. Um, it took way longer than I wanted. I think I took a bath on how much I charged for it for, for the amount of time I invested in it. Um, so I, I didn't make the resume bullets because that wasn't part of the statement of work. Um, but, but Robert Cooper, we certainly could do that. Um, if someone in chat or someone in the community wants to make resume bullets, please do that and share them with the community. I, w I would do it, Robert Cooper, but honestly, it would, it would take me like, it would take me like 45 minutes to an hour to do it. But right now I am trying so hard to get cyber 101 out the door. I have, um, I have, I have students that are starting it on Monday. Like, like I, like I haven't been bothering all of you all with like some of the minutiae details of cyber 101, but some of you know that I'm partnering with colleges in Massachusetts as part of this thing. The, the, the course, I can't, I can't definitively market it this way or, or, or prove it yet, or not prove it, but like the course is accredited and the course is going to be worth three college credits. I don't have that uh, documentation yet, so I can't say that publicly. I mean, I, I just said it publicly, but you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, but it's going to be accredited and transferable credits. I have students for a college starting on Monday. It's it's 13 different students, uh, and but the course will be public for everybody uh, very soon. So long story short, I, I, I only have one thing left to do. There's only one thing left to do to get the Cyber 101 course out the door. And unfortunately, it is a massive freaking one thing. So... Uh, hey, so UT Dallas InfoSec office, UT Dallas InfoSec office. Are you on discord? UT Dallas InfoSec office, go on discord if you would and share the link in main chat SC UT Dallas InfoSec office right here. Main chat SC on the discord server. If you drop that link there, I will bring it up on stream because I, I definitely want to share this with people, please. All right. What else are we doing here? Um, Yeah. Hey, I will tell you a lot of people are going to HackspaceCon this year. It's in April. 
I definitely wanted to go to HackspaceCon. It's not going to work, unfortunately, but it's the one conference last year that I had FOMO of. Senfilis says, Jerry, you said yesterday, Senfilis, also known as Dave, at the very beginning of the brief, did anyone message you using my nickname? No. I don't know, Senfilis. I, I, no. I, I don't, maybe that was a mistake. I, I don't know. <clears throat> Shout out to the mods. Heck yeah. Let's throw some mod love out there. Mod, 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 mod. I will tell you, Hackspace God is so hot. That ass is so hot right now. All right. I hope, hey, by the way, guys. Uh, by the way, guys, um, I hope you enjoy uh, the sound effects. Like, I try not to abuse the sound effects, but I will tell you, uh, I had a couple, I had one person in YouTube comments tell me that the show would be better if I didn't have the 80s sound, like 80s uh, radio DJ soundboard going. But I, I really enjoy doing the soundboard, so I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, hey, we're still looking for a Simply Cyber Community Challenge holder. Um, someone want to take the baton? We need someone to take the baton and share their story. Uh, I wish Grace Chi from Pulse Dive was in chat. I, I wanted to give her the uh, baton. I would love for somebody to take the baton. Let's see. UT Dallas InfoSec, my man. Or my lady. I'm not sure uh, gender, but definitely would love it. Thank you. Everybody loves the soundboard. So do I. Thanks, Nick Barker. Yeah, don't worry. Hey, believe me, there was no, there was never any discussion of removing the soundboard. I was just letting chat know. All right, Logan Fuller, let's go. Logan Fuller's picked up the baton. Logan Fuller, go on LinkedIn. You're already on LinkedIn. Go on LinkedIn, share your cyber story, share something for the community to consume. Use the hashtag um, Simply Cyber Community Challenge and we will connect with you. So H. Sinclair says, what is the significance of the baton and the story? All right, so for those who are new or, or just don't know, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge has been going on for probably 200 days. And it started with the explicit intent of enabling community members in the larger cybersecurity community to network with each other and, you know, as an opportunity to share. So one person a day, because we don't want it to be a hot mess express. So we do one person a day and we call it the baton. So like, you know, like I, I shared my story today. I got the baton. I hand it to you, H. Sinclair. You have the baton. And everybody in the community goes on LinkedIn and looks for H. Sinclair's LinkedIn post today or Logan Fuller's post today. We learn a, bit, a little bit about the baton holder. So today I'm going to learn about Logan Fuller. I learned uh, Carl Rond. I learned about Carl's story, his wife, his daughter, uh, his pivot into cyber, his previous career. So now I know Carl Ron. I know more about him, but I also connected with him. I connected with the people in the comments. So I've built my professional network and I know the people that are in that network are real. They're into cyber. They're part of this community and they share things. And tomorrow we do it again. We don't want to overwhelm ourselves with like three hours of clicking and everything. So five minutes a day, who doesn't have five minutes a day to build their professional network? So H Sinclair, that is the 
story behind the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Also, I know he doesn't like getting recognized, but shout out to Chuck, who is the creator and innovator who came up with the Community Challenge concept, and I gr greatly appreciate it. All right, UT Dallas InfoSec has posted on has posted on Discord. Let's get it. Let's get it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I don't see it. Hold on. I don't see it. Where is it? What channel did you put it in? Is it in general? There it is. Okay, here we go. Check this out. This is hot. This is hot, hot, hot for Simply Cyber Community. Hold on one second. Let's just look at this position right quick, shall we? Uh, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay, hold on one second. Give me a second. Here we go. University of Texas at Dallas has an open rec. Now this isn't, you're not going to find this spammed everywhere. $70,000 DOQ. I don't know what, it probably depends on qualifications. This is a full-time job. Carrie's in Texas. Carrie, how close is Dallas to you? How close is Richardson? This job posted a few days ago. What's the job? InfoSec analyst responsible for identifying risks, recommending controls, and promoting compliance. All day long, this is a GRC job. Minimum requirements, bachelor's degree, or, 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 equivalent of experience. Now, I'm not saying that my GRC analyst masterclass qualifies as equivalent experience, but what I will say is, my GRC analyst masterclass is pretty thorough on entry-level GRC skills. Let's keep looking, shall we? I'm going to drop a link in chat. GRC job for the win. There we go. Let's see. Ability to demonstrate control of current environment, track record of productivity, develop and maintain InfoSec policies, NIST 100... 800-171, work closely with the university and department. Dude, this is straight up GRC analyst job at a higher education institute. I worked in higher ed for a number of years. Great opportunity. You're going to deal with all sorts of challenges of researchers wanting to share data all over the place. Uh, they probably have research grants with the federal government. I think it's really nice. And there's usually a lot of training dollars to get spent. David Beard. If your daughter wants to get an InfoSec, tell her what's up. Way to go. Thank you so much, UT Dallas InfoSec Security Office. I hope, I hope, um, oh, hold on now. Hold on. Continuing to look, just saying remote work available. The office makes remote work available in situations, must have the ability to be on campus within 24 hours of notice. So I'm just saying, if you live four hours from this site, maybe, maybe you can live four hours and occasionally make the four hour drive to Richardson. I don't know. I'm just saying, this is really, really cool. This is a great opportunity. And I personally genuinely appreciate um, 
I genuinely appreciate the person who shared this with us, UT Dallas InfoSec office. I know that's a general name. I don't know your actual first name, but thank you. Chris Young, this is a GRC job all day long. This is definitively a GRC job. Must have one cert. CompTIA Sec Plus. Ding, ding, ding. Look at familiarity with GRC tools. This is a GRC entry level job. I love it. This just made my day. Way to go, Wednesday. Straight crushing it. All right, guys. What else can I help anyone with? Oh, I also want to say um, shout out to Deb Wigley. Deb Wigley joined the squad yesterday. She's probably not here right now, but I do want to say shout out. I love uh, I love myself some Deb Wigley and Jason Blanchard, and I'm totally pumped that uh, she's supporting. Uh, if you didn't see it on social media, the Cyber 101 course, uh, the certificate of completion is going to look just like this. So if you take my Cyber 101 course and finish it, you get one of these sweet babies. And I also want to point out, if you're interested, I, t I, I literally counted up all of the time, 22 hours. And that's just the content. That's not actually you like studying and all that. So like there's 91 videos, there's like 12 or 15 labs. There's 22 hours of content minimum. Super comprehensive. I'm super, super pumped. Yes, Deb Wigley is with Black Hills. Absolutely. Uh, did someone ask a question? Um, uh, Omni Investments uh, asks a question here. By the way, I want to tell everyone, you might see Omni Investments say a sub 31 from time to time in chat. Omni Investments literally was the 31st subscriber to the Simply Cyber YouTube channel way back in 2019. So shout out to Omni Investments. Uh, talk about OG. Uh, Jerry, are you getting a software update that's interfering with the stream? That might be a possible situation. Uh, maybe. I, it may be. I don't know. Professor Nate Howe and his team sharing the webcast with staff and students. Oh, very cool. I guess uh, <laughs> UT Dallas InfoSec office. I guess I'll have to start saying sorry, Kennedy, and sorry, um, sorry Nate, staff, and students at UT Dallas. Uh, does employee referral potentially decrease the number of interviews you might have to go through? Uh, I, does employee, well, no, not really. I, I mean, it can, Medine. Uh, here's the thing. Employee referrals are great, but usually businesses have a process that they go through, right? They're going to do their process. Even if you're hardwired for the job, you're still going to go through the same interview stuff. It's only only if you are, your referral is from the hiring manager themselves can you circumvent some stuff? Carrie wants to know, is it worth trying to get there to Dallas to try to get the job? It is a drive. I mean, Carrie, I would submit. I mean, honestly, Carrie, if it were me, I would submit your resume. I would try to have the conversation. I would discuss the opportunity and see what makes sense, right? You know, I, I, I can't really tell you. I can't tell you it's worth doing, right? Because there's a lot of factors for you personally on how, how do you decide that? But what I would say is it's an entry level job in GRC. It looks awesome. 
Higher ed's cool. UT Dallas is well-established. They're not going bankrupt. They're not a tech startup. <clears throat> they do have remote work options, right? So maybe you have to grind a little bit at the beginning and then you can remote. I don't know. Tony Jack, I'm conducting a peer interview tomorrow. What would be the number one question you'd ask for a security solution architect position? Tony Jack, what would be the number one question for a security solution architect position? Hmm. The number one question I would ask for a solution, security solution architect. Hmm. All right. I would say, hmm. Hmm. I, okay. So it depends on how, how, how much of a, um, uh, <laughs> it depends on how much of a, a sadist you are. Uh, but I might ask the question, I, I love open-ended questions that allow the candidate to like, you know, basically go wherever they want and, and provide their information. Um, what I would ask a security solutions architect is, Hey, listen, we're acquiring like a, a, a business, like a similar bit, like whatever your business is, right? We're acquiring another business. So if it's UT Dallas InfoSec, we're acquiring another private local school. Uh, if you're a healthcare provider, we're we're acquiring a healthcare system. Whatever it is, you're you're going to be acquiring them. Okay. Talk through with me what are some of the security concerns that immediately come to mind with this acquisition and merger? And what are your thoughts around how to best move forward? regardless of budget and resources, but I mean, be reasonable on securing this new architecture that we're about to introduce. That's a really good question because you're going to start talking about um, workforce at the new place, existing tech at the new place, data, legacy data that's at the new place, third-party systems they have, contracts that they have in place, duplication of controls. They use a different EDR than what we use. What does that look like? The network connections. What happens if you connect the networks and they're already compromised and they basically migrate and move laterally into your environment and you're compromised? Do you do a due diligence risk assessment of their environment? What does that look like? Is cyber insurance going to cover this new um, you know, like if you put a new building in your backyard, your homeowner's insurance doesn't automatically cover it. You have to introduce that new facility into your thing. Your cyber insurance is based on your business now if you acquire and merge one. So that question allows the candidate to go as deep down the technical path as they want. It allows them to encompass really a comprehensive information security thought mindset. The architect role, in my opinion, is a senior level role. So you should be getting responses from that candidate that are both wide and deep. Uh, that's what I would ask Tony Jack. You're welcome, buddy. Okay, what's the next question? Are there any and are there many entry level SOC analyst roles available right now, Zach? Yeah, I would argue that uh, SOC analyst roles are actually um, there's a lot of entry level ones, especially if you look at like the larger MDR providers, Zach Morrison. So look at um, Arctic Wolf, look at Expel, look at those type of businesses. Lar like look for large MSSPs or large MDRs. You could even Google like Arctic Wolf competitors or Expel competitors. Uh, so you could see a list of these ones. But the, the deal is the larger MDR providers, they like SOC analyst is hard work and it can be mentally draining and there's like night shifts and grinds and stuff like that. Go check out a video on my channel 
with um, Stacy Loki and Jess Bishop on working the night shift at a sock. But because there's a lot of turnover, there's a lot of grind. Those larger businesses are constantly hiring and they have really well-defined playbooks and training. I know Expel, go ask Tom. Um, oh my God. What the hell is Tom's last name? Oh my God. What's Tom? Tom Pike. Go ask Tom Pike. Go ask Stacy Loki. They'll get you trained up on like just responding to fishes and then you can start getting into incident response. And so yes, there's a lot of opportunity there. Go check that out. Um, so, Hey, UT Dallas InfoSec is, is Nate, Nate, is Nate in chat right now? Is Nate running the UT Dallas InfoSec account or is Nate just the CISO over there? Also shout out. I'm a first level connection with Nate. So love it. What's up, Nate? Holla, holla, holla. Okay. Uh, Chris Whitlock coming in hot. What about Wild West Hackenfest? How many days do I need to schedule for the whole week? Not clear on how the, on how the two days of the actual event go versus the paid training. All right, let's talk about that. I love Wild West Hackenfest, so I will do an entire segment on it. Uh, also, by the way, I'm keynoting Wild West Hackenfest this year, and not not to oversell it. They have two keynotes, one at the beginning and one at the end at closing. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm doing the closing one. So uh, just in full disclosure, Wild, has, uh, Wild West Hackenfest agenda. We'll do 2023 agenda because I don't think they've done the agenda for 2024 yet. All right. So here's the deal. Wild West Hackenfest. So Monday they have training registration, dinner, and then Tuesday is when training starts. Now the training is separate from the conference. It is paid and it, it you know, you will get trained if, if you can go and get training, have your business pay for it, whatever. I know Eric Capuano and Whitney Champion, excuse me, did training last year on like Velociraptor and stuff. Love, I love Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion. By the way, Whitney Capuano and Whitney Champion, whether they like it or not, I think of them as like a package deal. Do you remember when like you'd pick teams like in kickball or four square back in the day or square ball? And um, you'd be like, oh, I take Jerry. And they're like, Oh, you got to take me and my cousin Pat because we're a package deal. That's like Eric Capuano and Whitney Champion. Also, Michelle Kahn had a wicked awesome OSINT training uh, this year. He's coming back um, in 2024 to do it again. Anyways, if you're going to do training, I recommend you fly in Sunday or you fly fly in Monday, excuse me, Monday morning. Uh, and then, you know, basically network the crap out of the place. Do the training, do the training. And then the conference starts on Wednesday, I think I fly in on Wednesday. Um, and then the kickoff, like Wednesday is just like a kick it kind of chill, all that stuff. And then on, um, Wednesday night, uh, everybody like dude, Deadwood's like a small town. So everybody's kind of together. There's all sorts of activities. Anti-siphon Velda, Velda runs it. Velda's like the architect behind it. Allison is like her first Lieutenant and she's awesome. They're all awesome. Everyone's awesome. So you want to be there. Open mic night, Jesse Johnson on the uh, the bass in the background, straight kicking it. Uh, Bo Bullock shredding on the guitar. Josh Mason singing to a microphone that isn't turned on. Um, it's awesome. And then the conference starts Thursday, Friday. I typically leave, I want to say I leave Saturday morning. Like I get on a bus at like, oh, look at this. Ah, look at this guy. I didn't even know I was there. Um, I get on a bus Saturday morning. So what I would recommend in short 
is number one, go to this conference. It's worth it. Number two, uh, if you're going to do the training, get there Monday morning, leave Saturday. If you're going to just do the conference, get there Wednesday morning, leave Saturday. And you can get like, right, the airport's an hour away, but there's tons of people driving. There's like uh, ride share things, not Uber, but like people who are like, I have a car. Like, for example, Jesse Johnson drove me to the airport before hitting a, a deer. So uh, really appreciate Jesse hitting that deer after uh, dropping me off at the airport. Uh, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm being playful, Jesse. I, I, f I felt awful about that. Um, but anyways, and dude, Josh Mason's been there. Uh, Kimberly's been there. Um, Jesse was there. Nick Barker was there. So if anyone else has thoughts on Wild West Hackenfest, get on it. Gabriel says, I got my BTL1 cert one, also have CC by SC2. My question is, should I be looking for any other cert? Um, Gabriel, I know it sucks, but I would I would get either the SEC plus because it, it 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 really is a um, HR blocker. It gets you around HR stuff. Um, um so I would get SEC plus. And it, if you're getting the BTL one, maybe you're interested in SOC analyst stuff, I would go get um CYSA plus. Zach Morrison, other than LinkedIn and Indeed, are there any other sites to find or apply for cyber jobs? I mean, I think, I think Dice, like it's, it's been a long time since I looked for a job, but I think Dice.com, I don't know if that's still relevant, but Dice is the one I used to use. Um, really, I'm telling you guys, networking is so, so, so valuable. Like, look at this right here. This job at UT Dallas, I don't know if you'd find it on LinkedIn or Indeed, but like UT Dallas InfoSec is in chat right now dropping these things and I brought it up on chat. So now there's a, like you're in the know. This is what networking is. All right, hey, really quick, um, Zach, uh, Tony Jack asked about the solution architect role earlier. I outlined a cybersecurity architect. If solution architect is a sales role, then the question I would ask would be different. The question I was asking was like, you are a senior technical architect responsible for building cyber programs brick by brick. If you're a sales engineer, I guess I would ask questions like, you know, the current client has these three solutions in place. They work in this industry. What are some potential um, gaps in their program? What are some potential uh, uh, risk reduction things they can do, you know. Um, are we eligible to claim CP? Uh, so Zoom Sui on Discord says, are we eligible to claim CPs for the Daily Morning News? Yes, 100%. Guys, the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. It is an instructor-led webinar. I know I'm up here being funny and I have like, you know, whatever, retro synthwave stuff and I'm playing music and soundboards and all this stuff. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I am a qualified practitioner in the space, and I'm telling you the top cyber news and the relevance of it for an hour. So half a, half a CPE is 30 minutes of time. Just say what's up in chat so you have evidence that you were here and claim it as a half CPE. Oh, check this out. Check this out. Wild West Hackenfest this year. Get ready to get your emotes on. Uh, squad members, Wild West Hackenfest this year, Black Sponsor, which I think is like premium, uber, luxe, B2B, 
Big D swinging. Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions, official black sponsor of Wild West Hacking Fest. Boom, baby. Get some. Way to go. Way to go. Love it, love it, love it. Super fun, super fun. Love it. Super cool. Well done, Eric and team. I will tell you, Simply Cyber is a... (laughs) Here's the deal. I'm also... Uh, sponsoring Wild West Hacking Fest, but because I'm a one-person shop, I can't work a booth, right? So I don't need the booth. So like the 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 tier that is for basically getting your logo on the shirt is the aluminum one. So there's like there's like bronze, platinum, gold, diamond, black, shiny, and then there's like aluminum, <laughs> which is like where I am. I'm basically like uh, I'm like the plate in Cousin Eddie's head in uh, 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 Christmas Vacation. Um, so, but whatever, you know what? I'm happy to support Wild West Hacking Fest. I'm so pumped to get the logo on the on the shirt and have people see it, and it's all about good times. So, be good, uh, Emilio. All right, guys, it's 9.36. I had a great stream. I hope you all did too. If you clicked on the sponsor post, thanks so much. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you do click on the sponsor post, do me a favor and put a little emote on it. I'm trying to do some type of... um... Oh, I see people have already done that. Very cool. I'm trying to uh, like do some reconciliation. So you can see here, uh, four people have clicked on the, um, the sponsor post. Thank you to those four people. Like I said, it's completely optional. Uh, but thank you for uh, spon- uh, supporting jawjacking. It's always a good time. Final question, and then I got to get out of here. Uh, any any tips for the first timers going to hacker cyber cons as making sure I don't get hacked? Would love to get go, but genuinely concerned about being hacked. Yeah, I mean, you won't get a virus on your laptop. Um, on your phone, I would keep Bluetooth and Wi-Fi off unless you 